Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and joining me today are Erin Engelke and Heather Gaglio with Calm Waters Center for Children and Families to provide tips, coping strategies, and affirmation for families and children experiencing grief during the holidays. Thank you both so much for being here. Thanks We're for so excited us. to be on, Erin. Thank you. Well, I know you are both very familiar faces and names for most of our listeners, but I'll remind everyone that Erin is the executive director and Heather is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the clinical director for Calm Waters. Erin, will you kick off our conversation by giving us a refresher on Calm Waters' mission and what types of loss your programs help families and children walk through? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to. Well, Calm Waters is Oklahoma City's only grief center. We specifically exist to serve children, teens, and adults who have experienced a loss because of death, divorce, or some other form of loss. And we do that through three main programs. One are our center support groups that are dedicated to those that have experienced loss because of death and divorce. We also have a beautiful partnership with a ton of schools across the metro Oklahoma City community serving as of right now over 700 children pre-k all the way through high school who are struggling with what we consider the big six forms of losses and so that includes death divorce incarceration deployment deportation and then foster care or children that have been recently adopted and then our third program of which Heather leads is our counseling clinic. Uh, we specifically serve, again, children all the way up through adults and families and couples who um, need one-on-one -on -one counseling services because of a death or a di recent divorce. Thank you for reminding us of all the great things that you guys are doing, not just at your facility, but out in the community. I know, um, my kids, I have kids in Oklahoma City Public Schools and in Deer Creek Public Schools, and I know they both offer um, groups through Calm Waters. So I always love to see that on the Counselor's Corner section when I get those emails. So Heather, let's talk about the holiday season. Um, this time of year can rekindle grief for people, whether they've experienced a loss recently or some time ago. So how can we as parents acknowledge and make space for those feelings of grief right now, both for ourselves and our children? Yeah, I love this question, Erin, because I think so much of what we do during the holidays is just busyness. You know, we have so many events, so many family functions, things that we're trying to accomplish or do for our family that we sometimes lose sight of kind of what is happening for us or for our children. And so um, honestly, slowing down, slowing down is one of the biggest things I think that we all need to do for ourselves and for our families um, and recognize that we need to take some time and space, one, to get in touch with ourselves um, and to get in touch with what's going on with our children. Um, oftentimes we lose sight of what's happening within our bodies, and that's often the best, the best communicator about what's happening for us emotionally. So paying attention to what's happening within our body. Am I feeling really lethargic? Am I feeling really tense? Am I carrying it in my shoulders or in my chest? Um, and just taking a moment to do what we call a body scan. 
Um, and that's just going through each part of your body from top of the head to the bottom of your toes and really focusing on what am I carrying and where am I carrying it in my body and what might that be connected to. We can do that as a family too. We teach kiddos as young as you know three and four years old to focus on different parts of their body and really recognize what are we feeling emotionally but also physically and what is that trying to communicate. Um, there's lots of body scan um, practices on YouTube or there's like the Calm app, um, lots of mindfulness apps that can help walk you through that, um, but ultimately slowing down so that we can make space for our own emotions, um, for our children's emotions, and taking that time to talk with them about it. Um, being open to our children with how we're doing, because we're modeling that. We're modeling, you know what? We're, I'm a little stressed right now. How are you feeling? We're, we've been really busy. Like, what do you need? How are you doing? And really just engaging in that conversation to and fro to model, but also validate, like, it's okay to not be okay. Oh, that is so powerful. Um, and I love the idea of doing a whole family body scan. Um, I think that's so smart. I always say the danger for me about that is um, then my kids like to remind me when I am stressed or when I need to do my deep breathing, So, which is wonderful. It always kind of makes me roll my eyes because I'm like, great, I taught you this just so that you right. can come back and tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. But <laughs> In all honesty, it's really cool to see your kids kind of pick up on that and be able to come back and remind you, hey, mom, looks like maybe you're not okay right now. So how can we work on this together? Um, experiencing loss or grief might mean that we don't feel like celebrating the holidays at all, or maybe not to the same degree. Or it could mean the opposite, that we want to go all out this year. So how do we normalize any of these responses or anything in between and making changes to our usual holiday plans based on grief? Yeah, I think for a lot of us, whether you've experienced grief or not, we we place expectations on ourselves and also own the expectations of other people, especially when it comes to the holidays. Holidays are a time of spending lots of time with family. And if you've recently experienced a loss, sometimes you may not want to have all of that family time. Um, and But we feel this compulsion, right? To still be present and to still do all the things, even though we've done our body scan and our body scan has told us, we're not in a good place to be there. And so I think, you know, from where we sit here at Calm Waters, we just firmly believe that it's so important to, first of all, know what you need and to be able to communicate that to those that are in your circle, within your network, understanding and communicating to those that are in your life that you you need to, to keep a watch out for yourself, right? It's not about hurting them or not wanting to, to love and be a part of the family. It's just, you need to protect yourself, especially if you've recently lost a loved one and that loved one won't be a part of, you know, that, that dinner plate will be missing from the table this year, or there won't be present an, under the tree for that um, son or daughter or grandma or grandpa. That is very, very difficult. And we do as support um, support people. So those that have someone in our life that has experienced a loss, it's important for us to recognize that we need to do what we can 
to accept what our loved one needs um, and not place an expectation on them. And then similarly, as someone who is experiencing grief, to not set unrealistic expectations um, and that it's okay to change your mind even at the last minute. If you say, oh, yeah, I said I was going to come to dinner tonight, but I really, I just, I can't. Like right now I need to to take care of myself, whatever that looks like. Um, and that's okay. You know, as, as long as those conversations are happening and those boundary, boundaries are done in a way that are respectful and kind, then at, in the end, you will feel better than forcing yourself to do something that you're not ready to do. That's really helpful. And I think um, setting those boundaries can be really difficult. Um, and I, I think the key, and I'm going to say this as a person who's not good at this myself, but <laughs> sometimes you just really have to hone in on what you need and let go how others are going to react um, yeah. to that boundary. Um, and I know for moms, especially that that's really hard. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes letting go, because we are just, I think by nature, sometimes people pleasers and we don't want to disappoint others, but ultimately we are no good to anybody if we're not in a good place. And so, you know, being clear again, as you noted about what, what we need right now is most important. Um, ultimately we can't control how other people feel, Right as long as we've handled ourselves in a graceful, kind, respectful, loving way, ultimately the emotions on the other side are, are, you know, for, for that other person to own. I think that's so important to remember. I'm glad you brought that up. When it comes to our kids, whether they are just really young or have a hard time talking about how they feel, how can we as parents gently but also effectively get them to open up to us? And what might walking through the grief process alongside a child this holiday season look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at Calm Waters, we talk a lot about emotion coaching, which is um, an evidence-based practice that John Gottman developed. There's a book called Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child, which we love, highly recommend. But it walks parents through steps of how to help their children with their feelings. Um, and first and foremost, just being attuned to them, you know, recognizing what does my child look like when they're having a hard time? What can I notice? Maybe it's something on their face or maybe it's a behavior like retreating into their room or being more quiet and shy or lashing out you know there's lots of different ways that kids communicate their feelings and so first and foremost just being attentive and attuned to your child and recognizing there's an opportunity here for me to connect with them and learn more about what is behind this um and then moving into you know how can i talk to them about it and that that is a lot of labeling you know children are still learning from an early age up through, I mean, even adulthood, like a lot of adults are still learning about what feelings are and recognizing and acknowledging feelings. So labeling feelings for a child, if they aren't able to convey it themselves, you know, taking what you're noticing and say, it seems like you're having a hard time, or it seems like you're feeling sad. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about that? And giving them permission to not, um, if they say like, no, I don't want to talk about it, that's okay. 
but also encouraging them to do something with that. So providing opportunities to connect a word with a feeling is teaching them how to communicate feelings in the future, but also helping them process through and problem solve. What do you think you, what do you feel like you need right now? Is there something you can do um, to help yourself feel better? Um, and joining them on that. Sometimes even again, back to modeling as a parent, you know, when mommy feels sad, I like to um, read a book or I really like to take a bath or, you know, whatever it is, but connecting on that emotional level because it's empathy, right? It's I see you and I know what that feeling is like and I'm connecting with you. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and that in itself gives children permission to feel. And ultimately that's what we want. We want them to know that it is okay and it is perfectly fine to feel what you're feeling. Um, and so helping them problem solve, what is it that you feel like you need? Um, do you need to go ride your bike outside for a little bit? Do you feel like you just wanna kind of cuddle up and watch a movie? So giving them options, but ultimately giving them um, within reason permission to choose and problem solve themselves because that's giving them ownership of, I can do something about this. I can work and help myself come out of this emotion or cope with this emotion in a healthy way. Um, and so again, all of those things, I think just being there in those ways and gent gently recognizing those emotions and helping them through it opens up the door for a whole lot of conversation. Um, and even if they're not opening up now, it's setting the stage for the future that, you know, last time my mom came to me or my dad came to me and, and talked about this, maybe I can go to them now. And so I think being okay with them not sharing is still doing a lot of work um, on the ground for setting the stage for the future. Ooh, I needed to hear that, Heather. Being okay with them not wanting to share that is really it's hard. hard. It is hard. <laughs> But it's so helpful to hear you say too that this is a process, right? We're on a journey with them. And so just because they don't feel okay sharing in this moment doesn't mean that they won't come back, whether it's that same problem or a different problem in the future. Um, I have had to learn that I have a child who is ready to spill everything when I ask how they are doing. And I have two kids who pretty much won't answer, how are you? <laughs> how was your day at school? How are you feeling about this situation on my time? But they will come back eventually and talk about it when they're ready. So that's a, that's a hard parenting lesson to learn, but I appreciate that you are encouraging us through that. Heather, you mentioned some helpful coping strategies, um, taking a bath, kids riding a bike. I feel like that's such like a buzz phrase right now. And it can be easy, I think, to get frustrated when we hear about other people using coping strategies that maybe don't work for us. So what might some good coping strategies look like in dealing with grief this holiday season? And how do we effectively determine which strategies are right for us or are right for our kids? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to our bodies. Our bodies are going to communicate what we need. And if we listen to it, we can probably find that what is going to work, um, even with children. So if you are feeling that tension in your body, that's your body saying, I need to do something with this. I need to get rid of this tension. Well, sitting around and maybe taking a bath is not going to necessarily get rid of that tension. We need to move those muscles. 
Um, and so doing something active, um, and that doesn't mean going to the gym and doing a hard workout for that's not for everyone. And sometimes that's more harm than good for some people. Um, but that can be a, something as simple as what we call progressive muscle relaxation, tensing and tightening the muscles in a progressive manner. Again, there's a lot of videos that will walk you through it. Um, but doing something physical to release um, that stress, that cortisol out of the muscles, because until we address that, it is going to sit within our bodies. And so for kids, you might see that they are um, hitting, kicking, biting, whatever. That is their body telling them, I need to do something with this feeling that I'm having. And so redirecting that into something more positive. Hey, go, why don't you go try and jump on the trampoline? Like it's not okay to hit, but try jumping on the trampoline or punching a pillow or kicking your bed or something that is still physical. And sometimes that's hard for parents because, that, oh my gosh, my kid, he's so, he's so physical. I don't want him to hurt someone or he's so aggressive, but that's just what that body needs. And that's a perfectly normal human thing. Um, you know, conversely, it, maybe it is slowing down. If my body is feeling tired, I don't need to go pick up and go to the gym for my self-care. I need to rest. I need to take a nap. I need to sleep. Maybe do the cuddle up on the couch with a movie. Um, maybe that's some alone time in a room by myself, just meditating. Um, meditation and mindfulness has been really big lately. And mindfulness is one of those things that we really encourage because it helps you in that, that kind of mental state where you feel exhausted or worrying about so many things about the future that it keeps us in the present. And so it's that kind of calm for the mind, similar to how we address other things in the body. Our brain is also a muscle and we need to make sure we're listening to that too. If I'm spiraling about getting all of these things done and trying to plan for, you know, what ifs that's going to happen potentially in the future, maybe I need to take some time to slow down. And mindfulness is a really good um, practice for that too. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of like, yeah, here's some perfect things that will help for everyone. But again, listening to your body and recognizing what does it need right now? Does it need a big cry? Does it need a, a big aggressive, like I even as adults punching a pillow, like we're not too old for that. <laughs> um, but just making sure we're listening to our body and knowing and learning, I mean, it's a learning process. Okay, that didn't work this time. Let me try something else. Um, and just trying new things and not giving up. I know that's really hard. And not giving up too soon on one specific tool. Sometimes it takes a few times to see the benefits of deep breathing or a specific coping skill. That's really helpful and um, kind of takes it back to the foundation of really paying attention to where are the problems in my physical body right now and how can I react to those? When we're helping our kids specifically deal with the death of a loved one or maybe even a pet, what are some good ways that we could involve that person's memory in this season that will be helpful to our children and to us as well? Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I would say talk about it. There's such a tendency to avoid you know, and so then we're kind of all left just thinking about it individually. And then we feel so isolated and alone that simply just talking about the person or animal um, that we are missing 
and opening up the floor for conversation, talking about memories, you know, what's a silly thing that happened? What was uh, something funny about them? What was our most favorite thing about that person or animal? Um, simply sharing, you know, positive memories or even, you know, not so positive memories too um, can be really helpful in just us feeling like we are in this together. We are a family. We can rely on each other. We can go to each other. And um, even though it might look different for each person, that we are still in this as a team. Um, but some other ways is, you know, what was that person's favorite meal? You know, do we want to include that in our holiday planning? Or do we want to write them a letter or make them a card? Um, or do an activity that they used to really love? And so just finding creative opportunities that really connect with that person and who they were um, to feel connected with them again, because that's one of the hardest times. Um, one of the biggest times we miss that person is when we're celebrating because we want them there. So helpful. And you're so right that there is that tendency to kind of push that away or not discuss that person during the holiday season. And for kids, I think that can be especially hard to feel like they can't bring up that person um, or find ways to celebrate them. So thank you so much, Heather. Those are such great ideas. For those who maybe aren't dealing with a personal loss or grief during this season, how can we be more understanding of those who are? And the concept that grief doesn't have a timeline and isn't something that people just get over. I love this question, Erin. We talk about this so much about how can we be better supports to those who are grieving because we hear so many just heart-wrenching stories about family members just not understanding someone's grief or, you know, giving them messages about, you know, you should be over it by now. Um, I'm thinking of one person in particular who I, I was meeting with who I lost a very close person in their life and um, now this person is sad because they missed their loved one and that wasn't a part of them. They weren't a sad person. They were very positive. They were very happy. And everyone wants her to stop being sad. And she's like, well, I'm going to be sad. I really miss my person. And so just even that, that comment about like, you weren't a sad person before we want that old person back is so invalidating about their grief. And so I think ultimately people are uncomfortable with other people's grief. And they want to remove that discomfort for themselves, but ultimately it is not about us. It is about the person who's grieving. And I think remembering that it's not about us, this is about them and their own timeline and their own experience. And we are not a person to say what is right and wrong um, and taking ourselves out of the equation. How can I be here for that person? Even if I don't understand it, I don't need to fix it. I don't need to take away their pain and I don't need to put them in position to take care of me, which sitting in that discomfort, we have to take care of ourselves with that as a support person and making sure we are taking care of ourselves with that discomfort in whatever way we need to so that we can be there for them. Um, but ultimately remembering that it is not about us, it's about them and supporting them and taking care of your own stuff, your own self in other ways outside of that situation. 
Oh, that's so good and can be difficult to remember, I think, especially in the moment. So this is a great time to kind of prepare if you'll be seeing people over the holiday season who have recently lost a loved one or walking through some other kind of grief to kind of get yourself in a good headspace and think about how to be supportive of that person. And I think it's important too, for those who are walking through grief right now to remind ourselves there's not a timeline. Mm-hmm. And even if you experience the loss of a loved one a year or two, many years ago, it's okay to still be dealing with that grief right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell us more about what additional resources, Calm Waters programs, books that you all can recommend for families dealing with grief in this season. Yeah, well, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't highly encourage anybody who's struggling with grief and loss throughout the year, whether it's in the, during the holidays or not, to come to Calm Waters. Our support groups here at our center are so powerful. They make a profound difference in the lives of, I mean, everyone who comes here. We serve children as young as age three, all the way on up to adults 103. And the beautiful thing is that we really seek to meet the needs of our clients in a very special way. And so we will customize our support groups based on feedback from our clients. And so one group in particular that we have recently created is one dedicated to those that have lost a loved one to suicide. We are seeing, as as usual, a lot of individuals and families affected by suicide. And we've always served that 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 um, that group, but what we have found through feedback from our clients is that they really that's a very different form of grief, a, a, a type of loss that is shrouded in um, a fair amount of stigma, and that they really hungered for a group that was just unique to them. And so that's just one of many examples of groups that meet here at our center. We have one for child loss, infertility. Um, miscarriage, um, if you've lost a spouse or partner, um, you know, a family member or someone close to you. Uh, But community is where it's at. As Heather said, one of the most healing things that you can do when you are going through grief and loss is to talk about what you're journeying through and find a community that is non-judgmental and safe and will listen and affirm and not question why you're feeling sad or how long you're feeling sad. Um, so strongly recommend that people reach out to us and benefit from our support groups again here at our center or for kiddos in schools or through our counseling services. Um, I did want to highlight a couple of books. We're all about the books around here. Um, and so I'm going to do show and tell you can tell I'm a mom, right? So, um, one of the books that we read together as a team is called it's okay that you're not okay. We highly recommend this book for anybody who has experienced a recent loss for any reason. Um, It truly dives into why, as a culture, we don't understand grief and loss and why we are almost like resistant to talking about it. Um, This is good for people who have a loved one who you're seeking to support just to get a better grasp of like, why is my loved one 
still sad? Or why are they not crying, right? Like what's going on in their lives? And conversely, how can I support them um, in a way that is beneficial and not, um, not hurtful? So this is a really, really good book. Um, it's written by Megan Devine. The, um, the second book I wanted to highlight is for our kiddos and it's called, Why Do I Feel So Sad? Um, this is a really great, great book about grief for children, um, a, an easy read, but one that really helps children understand what grief feels like, how to process that, and to normalize that, to say that this is a natural part of life, um, there's nothing wrong with you, um, and in, again, helping them navigate that, that journey, um, you know, with a support person in their life. So I think those would be the highlight of the resources that I would recommend, Calm Waters and then those books. Perfect. One of the things that really stands out to me as I've had the opportunity to interview some parents who've made use of your support groups is the ability for the parent to attend a support group at the same time as the child. I know that you offer that for those going through a divorce and probably also for loss of a loved one. Yep. Um, but that, you know, developmentally appropriate content for adults and for kids and how that really sparks some meaningful conversation um, helps the parents kind of know what the child talked about and their support group so that when they get home, it continues and, and yeah. they're able to really have some language and foundational skills to work from at home, not just in the support groups. I think that's such a beautiful part of what you all offer to families. We couldn't agree more. So as we are closing out this year and heading into the next one, I know you all continue to see an increased need for your services in our community. And Erin, like you mentioned, are constantly getting feedback from your clients to know how to best serve them. Tell us more about the exciting recent opening of the HJ and Ann Meyer Counseling Clinic and what you guys are each feeling hopeful about in your work as we look toward the new year. Yeah, well, this is, we're so excited about our new counseling clinic. And I say new, you know, to, to the public, it's new. We've been working on this for a while. So, um, but we did recently do a grand opening of our new counseling clinic. We moved into downtown Oklahoma City two years ago in November. And at the time we occupied two suites believing that it was going to be enough space for us, enough space for us to keep up with the demand that we were experiencing at the time. Well, come to find out, there were a lot of things that happened in our world, in our community, namely a pandemic. And little did we know how desperate um, our services would be. And consequently, our support groups were just absolutely packed. Our counseling services were um, just the demand for, for that service was just skyrocketing. And we came to realize that we couldn't continue to maintain this without additional space. And so with the tremendous support of the Love Meyer Family Foundation, we were able to expand into a third suite and dedicated that entire suite to our counseling services. So again, for individuals that are seeking one-on-one -on -one therapy or family or couple therapy. Um, 
allowing the other two suites to be completely dedicated to our support groups, which means we're now able to add more support groups to our offerings and serve more counseling clients. So we're just so, so honored and excited to have this, this privileged opportunity to serve the community in this very special way. Um, I know for me, you know, every, every day is a new day at Calm Waters. Like Heather and I joke sometimes, like things change quickly around here just because we are a very flexible, dynamic team that is so open to meeting the needs however we can. And thankfully, we have a community that believes in what we do and, and, and want to back that. Um, our, all of our support groups are completely free. And that wouldn't be possible without the support of our community. And so I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to anybody who donates to Calm Waters because it goes a long, long way. It, it only costs $35 to allow one child or adult to um, participate in our support groups. And that really is, uh, it goes a long, long way. We allow those dollars to stretch really far. And so I'm excited to see what 2023 brings knowing that um, our staff here is just deeply, deeply passionate about making sure that each family gets the hope and the healing that they need during their grief journey. Heather, what would you add? Gosh, I think you took the cake. Um, <laughs> I think it's just been so amazing to see how many people we are continuing to serve with our additional space. And just like Erin said, continuing to get creative and figure out how can we get these people the care that they need as soon as they can, as soon as we can. Um, so yes, it's taken a lot of creativity, a lot of just kind of ever-changing processes, but I think I'm so excited to see the fruition of all of that hard work pay out um, leading into the new year. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for taking time to share all of your expert advice with us today. And thank you for the incredibly impactful work that you guys are doing in the community. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. For our listeners, learn more about Calm Waters programs, those free support groups and counseling services, plus how you can support Calm Waters' mission at calmwaters.org. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.